welcome back to Home on the RNG. Today we are discussing the end of a legacy. The end of a saga. It is the end of a saga. Final Fantasy Fan Legend 3. So we will go ahead and begin talking about this really good Game Boy game. Yeah. By going into personal history. history is the kind that you find the most fascinating uh which is that i bought this game at toys r us <laughs> when i was a child and played it on the game boy and loved it because it was called final fantasy so yeah i mean i uh, like most of these games i just this is a this is a nostalgia trip for me and uh, I don't really have personal history with this one. My All of my personal history with the Final Fantasy Legends games are that my friend Ryan had them. And so I would play them over at his house on his Game Boy, but I never actually borrowed them to play them. So I played the tiniest snippets. Yeah, and which is the best way to play an RPG. Just the tiniest snippet. <laughs> this is the last of the Saga games for the Game Boy. From here, they move on to other platforms, and I, I, they change quite a bit, I, I feel. Well, this one in particular is just so much different from all of the other ones. I don't know that it's that much different from the ones that came before. Well, it's it's the only one, it's the only game of the Saga series that doesn't use the leveling up system of just it being random or just use abilities to level them up this has an actual we'll talk about it later but it has an actual leveling system developed and published by square in 1991 really 1991 it doesn't feel that old i mean <coughs> 90s certainly but 1991 i was like eight so we will move on to story and characters Three characters are sent from the ruins of the future into the past in hopes that they can save the world. Together with their time-traveling spaceship, they must fight to save the past, present, and future of their world. Dun-dun-dun. This is two time-travel games in a row. Yeah, time-travel time travel is popular. So, according to how long to beat, this is roughly a 14-hour game, which okay. is a pretty good length for a Game That's Boy game. That's a good length for a Game Boy, certainly. So, Russ, did you want to tell us about the fantastic characters that we well, need on our journey? this game is a little bit different from the games that came before it. In that, So, in Final Fantasy Legend 1 and 2, you just created your own party. You created your own party from among humans as mutants and monsters and, and a robot in the, in the case of Legend 2. But Legend 3 actually gives you, like, pre-made characters. And they actually have names. So you have a main party of four. You have two humans, Arthur and Sharon. And you have two mutants, Curtis and Gl Gloria. The name was escaping me at the moment. And they are your they are your party. And they are predefined characters. They're not they don't have spectacular personalities or anything, but there is a little bit of a backstory in the sense that the, the Arthur and uh, Gloria and Curtis are the ones that came from the future. 
and then they grew up with Sharon. They were more sent from the future because they were They were kids. children. Yeah. They were children who were sent from the future to, I guess, eventually save the world. I don't know exactly what the plan was there or if Morgan, like, really thought it out that well. <laughs> yeah, it, I, it, it seemed to me the plan was, let me save these children by sending them into the sure, past. Yeah. So he sent them into the past, and then they met Sharon, and then they all grew up together, and then they all go on an adventure together to save the world, and Sharon is kind of in love with Arthur, but that's only very, very lightly touched on um, throughout the game. But it's not a create-your-own-character thing. And then there are other characters that you meet along the way. Um, those are your main four, and then a lot of the time you have a fifth party member who's kind of a rotating slot. Which which was what we've seen in the previous yeah. Legends games. And you have Myron, who's like a town guardian, and then you have uh, Laura. I don't really remember what her story was or why you're bringing her from the past to the present, but she's like a mage. Anyway, there's a battle nun. That's what I'm getting around to. <laughs> is that there's eventually a battle nun, which I think my you only, always enjoy a good battle nun. The only thing better than a battle maid is a battle nun, and it's more rare. Faye. So I do. So I do like her. So let's go ahead and move on to the combat system, which I don't think is going to be a very big section. combat is more like a Final Fantasy game than it is a saga game. Which is weird, because this game is called Final Fantasy Legend 3 in English, but in Japan it was called Saga 3. You have levels, you have character levels, rather than just uh, your stats leveling up as you use them, like you swing a sword to gain strength, or you take damage. To gain HP in this game, you have just experience points, and your levels just go up. Um, and but the but the combat itself is just like the regular turn-based combat um, that we are used to in these type of games. Maybe I'm remembering this wrong, but I remember it being so. Humans use experience to level up. Mutants level up from the actions they perform. Not in this. Robots one. level up with equipment, and monsters well, are just monsters. Well. So that's getting into the territory of rather than having, like, you create a monster as a party member, your preset party members can become monsters mm -hmm. or they can become robots. And that is true. So you are correct. So humans and mutants level up just based on experience in this one. Okay. But robots level up by equipping them. Mm-hmm. And then monsters, like you said, monsters are just monsters and they have preset stats. And I actually hate the monster system in this game because you just turn into a different monster every time you level up. Yeah. And it seems random. There's a very, there's a very, very complicated system where each of your characters has a particular alignment with an element and every monster has a particular alignment and that dictates, like, what monster you change into when you level up, but for practical purpose, it is absolutely random. It's another one of those things where somebody has probably created the ultimate spreadsheet. Yes. Oh, somebody definitely has. And again, in speedruns of this game, you know like exactly what monster you need to be at exactly which level so that you level into blah, blah, blah monster. 
or whatever, but for any casual playthrough, um, it's all just random, and I really didn't like it. I, I, I definitely liked the monster system better in 1 and 2. One thing is the combat does automatically remember the last action you took, which makes grinding easier. Mm -hmm. It also, they can fit a lot more enemies on the screen than the previous two games. But for me... They can, yes. The thing that was interesting when I figured it out, first of all, you can set any characters except the main, the the leader, to auto-fight. So what I chose to do was I always had guest characters set to auto fight just for like flavor reasons. Sure. The idea being I control my party, but they're helping. They'll do what they do, and that's when I learned auto fight is very intelligent about fighting. And unlike you, the auto fight does not make its decisions on what to do at the start of the round. Right. The auto fight system decides what to do when its turn comes up, and I noticed this because of healing. You know, if I had a party at full health, but then the monster hit one of my guys on in, during a turn and knocked his health down, the guest character would then heal that person, yeah. which would have been impossible to do if they weren't on auto right, fight because right. you never know who you would get know. hit. So it actually auto fight is actually better than a human player could be. So it's always a good strategy, I think. I now I don't watch speedruns or nothing, but it always struck strikes me as a good strategy to have somebody on auto fight yes, for, healing for healing purposes. And you're right about the monsters. The thing the thing that I like about the the enemies, you can fit more enemies on the screen, but you but it actually reduces the amount of enemies that you have the potential of fighting because of the really craptacular system in Final Fantasy Legend Two. Where there can be like one chocobo on the screen, but it's but it's actually 16. nine yeah. enemies that you have to kill. This has a much more hard limit. Yeah, which is better. Which is good. Yeah. So we'll go ahead and move on to innovations. This game has jumping. Very few JRPGs actually have jumping. I don't think we've seen it since Final Fantasy Mystic Quest. And one of the bits of advice that I saw, and it was something that I used, because this game, when you beat a dungeon, you usually have to walk your way back to the entrance, which is always rough. Like, you've just thrown everything you had against a boss, and now you got to walk all the way back through the dungeon. The advice is to always jump. Because it reduces the encounter rate. Oh, interesting. The encounter rate only counts for when you're on the ground. So the spaces that you move through the air... Don't count. Yeah, so you're half as likely to encounter a monster by jumping everywhere you go. Because having to walk all the way out a dungeon after beating a boss is rough. Definitely very difficult. So how the class or job or whatever system works here... Like Russ said, you start out with two humans and a mutant. Eating meat from any monster turns you into a monster. Technically, actually, there's two classes. There's beast and then monster. For the life of me, I don't know what the difference is between a beast and a monster. (laughs) If you eat a piece of meat, you become a beast. If you eat another piece of meat after that, you become a monster. It's a sliding scale. Yeah. The only difference that I'm aware of is stat differences. Fair enough. Yeah. I'm I'm only aware that there's a difference. Like, monsters... I think monsters can't use magic or have an extremely low magic stat where it's not a feasible strategy to ever have a monster use magic. Attaching technology slides you the other way. Uh, attaching bolts and nuts to you will turn you from human into or mutant into cyborg. Mm-hmm. 
and then doing it again will turn you into a robot. So is everybody vegetarian in this world? Because if you eat meat, you just... Also, (laughs) who at the end of a battle goes, hey, we just killed that monster. Could you cut me off a piece of that? That looks good. Or, oh, it dropped some screws. Let's just put those in my flesh. (laughs) Monsters, if you are a monster, eating meat can heal you or transform you. But you also, like Russ said, transform randomly when you... Well, not randomly, but it's so... It is basically randomly. When you level up. So even if you find the perfect monster that you love, yes. it, you're not going to have I it for long. And I hated that, and that's why I never used it. Yeah, I ended up just sticking to humans and mutants. Yeah. It is impossible to tell what weapons are better than other weapons, especially since there are 16 categories of weapon. Yeah. <laughs> and pretty much uh, a human can equip all of them. There's no limitation. Right, right. So I don't know why you need 16 categories even looking online to figure out, hey, is this sword stronger than this gun? Like, oh my god. Yeah. Because you have to dig through all the categories to figure it out. Certain. Okay, so I wrote this down, and I'm going to trust me writing it down better than my memory. Certain weapons improve cyborg stats, but to improve robot stats, you actually have to buy items yes. to boost their Correct. stats. So humans and mutants level up through experience. Right. Finally, I got this straight in my head now. Beasts and monsters are, for all intents and purposes, randomized. Yes, they just ch- they change, and that's how they get strong. Cyborgs are get level up their stats via equipment, right? And robots, you buy item expensive items yeah. to level up their stats. What I discovered personally is if you're willing to do a little grinding, like while doing something else. For example, I played most of this game for this review while I was working from home. People thought I was working, and instead I was playing Final Fantasy <laughs> Legend 3. Well, good for announcing that yeah, in the world. Yeah, while watching TV, so I work was just in the background. But grinding goes by very quick and easy, and if you grind a little bit, this game is not difficult. Uh, if you're using humans and mutants. Yeah. Right. That's kind of the OP strategy is just grind them up and you're fine. The encounter rate is all over the place, yeah. though. Going into a dungeon, you you know, like I'd get all the way to the end boss and it was a perfectly normal encounter rate, perfectly acceptable, beat the boss. And then it'd be like every other step of the way out would be encounters. The encounter rate, as I understand it is the same for each of the Final Fantasy Legend games and it's on a 200 and I think a 255 step cycle that it goes from really spaced out random encounters until you until it narrows itself down to you get an encounter like every four steps and then it goes back again. It's oh, an elastic that's it is an elastic encounter rate. I don't like that. Yeah. And my understanding is that that is true of each Final Fantasy Legend game. There is a limited inventory, which really sucks because you find items early on that you have to hold on to until later, some magic stones. You have limited inventory, and you want me to keep these things in my inventory. (laughs) 16 categories of weapon, and none of it matters. Because you're just going to put whatever is best on your character. What What I like, so some of the weapons are like dynamite. Yeah. Or like tear gas and things like that. And they are single use, but they're fixed damage and do a ton of damage. So what I liked is they can be strategically used for like certain boss fights or if there's like certain 
really powerful enemies in a in an area and you get like some dynamite and you know that oh this does 2000 damage or whatever and you know that that can kill the enemy you can use that to the advantage so i agree there did not didn't need to be 16 categories of weapons well especially because the last third of the game there are four mystic swords in the game and four main (laughs) characters all you're gonna do is use the four mystic swords for a third of the game and then i apparently my notes are a little jumbled because i have here again the different beasts and cyborg classes and the point is if they removed that from this game it would not have affected my playthrough at all yeah if they'd just taken out that entire system right it would have had zero impact on me. I don't think it's as well used here as it was in previous games. No. Where there was some benefit to experimenting. Right. Did you have any other innovations to talk about? No, I think that's I think that about covers it. So we are going to move on to music. Fantasy Legend 3 was uh, composed by Ryuji Sasai and Chihiro Fujioka. And what can you tell me about either one of them? (laughs) So Ryuji also composed uh, Final Fantasy Mystic Quest. And Final Fantasy Mystic Quest had some great music. Yeah, I mean... It's like infamous for being a terrible game with... With a rock and roll soundtrack. soundtrack. Yes, Yes. absolutely. That's quite good. And then Fujioka was the music director for Super Mario RPG. Oh, and then went on to be field designer for the Mario and Luigi Mario and Luigi like RPG series. And she she he I did not note the gender. Probably she, Chihiro. Uh, they were the composer for Mega Dimension Neptunia Seven, wow. and they created the the main theme for Fairy Fencer F. Interesting. That's that's a storied career. Yeah, it's also yeah. interesting to have two composers on a Game Boy game. Yeah, but the music is good. The, oh, the music is good. I, I feel mean, like this is as good a soundtrack as you could get out of a Game Boy game. Yeah. I don't. I I think they pushed this to the limit. It's twenty tracks. Mm-hmm. As opposed to Great Greed, which was eight. Yeah. I think they're pushing the limit on it. It is, it sounds a lot like the other sagas. Like, it fits in thematically with the other saga games. Mm-hmm. Or the the other Final Fantasy Legend games, I should say. Well, they're saga games. Uh, so it does feel like part of the overall piece. Uh, I feel like it's pushing the hardware to its limits. It's doing a good job. It is action. It is adventure. It is... It's a good soundtrack. It is a good soundtrack. Final Fantasy Mystic Quest composer. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, that's some good talent some wasted on right a there. wasted on that <laughs> game. But well, it was talent. the RPG for babies for Americans. So I guess that mean, brings us into our final thoughts. Yes. Um, it is probably... It's definitely not my favorite of the Final Fantasy Legends. That that spot belongs to Final Fantasy Legend 2. But this is a good one. Um, I actually liked it better as a kid. Just because it played more like a typical Final Fantasy. Like Final Fantasy 4, which I was very familiar with at the time. But the way tastes change over time, um, I ended up liking 2 more. But I do, I do appreciate this for what it is. And what it is is a game that has a battle nun in it. 
Um, and she's with your party for a long time, so I, I really enjoyed that. I am overall going to give this game four and a half battle nuns out of five because I felt like uh, I feel I feel like it's really good. It's a very good old Game Boy game. So, as I was playing it, I was kind of struck by the duality of the thing. As a Game Boy JRPG, I would give it an A. Mm-hmm. As a Final Fantasy Legends game, it gets a B okay. for me. It's It's got a much more expansive world, but it also felt like there were so many parts of the game that didn't need to be in the game. Like, they were trying too hard. So, it does a lot, but it's also doing too much, and it's not doing all of it well. There was no reason to me that we needed a past, present, future sky world and like other dimension it was overly complex definitely overly complex but again fitting all of that into a game boy pretty impressive yeah. so we're gonna split the difference and we're just gonna call it a b plus okay. overall i would like to see a current gen remake where they could flesh out the story a bit more yeah. and maybe actually make the mechanics that they put into the game worthwhile the right. class system the divisions of weapons like actually make that stuff mean Matter. anything yeah. um so if they want to play this game russ where can they play it if they want to play this game you can play it on your game boy from back in the day or you can play it on the uh, collection of saga which I believe is only on the Nintendo Switch. Uh, yes. I don't think that's on PlayStation as well, but it is on the Nintendo Switch. It is a compilation of, of one, Final two, Fantasy and three. Legend 1, 2, and 3. That's how I played it. Yeah. And, um, and yeah, and it's it's fine. I mean, it's, it's kind of a bare-bones port, but there's not a lot of bells and whistles to it, but you will get the game as it was presented in 1991. And since the Switch is portable, you basically have you, these yes. three Game Boy games you that do. you can play portable Absolutely. as they were meant to be played. So, that's it for the Final Fantasy Legend series. Yeah, I'm sad it's over. Next time, we are also going to tackle the third game in a series. Mm -hmm. We are going to talk about Dragon Quest Three. Three. So, uh, we will see you guys next time. Yay. Bye. Home on the RNG is a presentation of Mad Centaur Productions. You can find Jeff on youtube.com slash centaurproductions or on Twitter at Jeff Centaur. You can find Russ on Twitter at RussMac25. Thank you for listening, and remember, it's dangerous to go alone. Take this podcast with you.